Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. That's good. Today, we want to uh, continue in chapter 5. So let's go there. Chapter 5 of Ephesians. We're going through the, the epistle to the Ephesians by Paul. And we're coming to a close here. We ended up with verse 14 last time. And we're going to review two verses leading to verse 15. It says, For this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. And this leads right into today's message, which is verse starting in verse 15. Therefore, therefore, why is it therefore? Because of what I just read. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. Now this uh, be careful how you walk. This is in the present imperative, and it means to uh, continue. It's a continuous thing. You can't just do, uh, you just can't be careful in walking one time. It's a continuous, everyday, repeated activity to be careful. Be circumstance, you know, be uh, in other words, in the Greek, it's like, look around. It's like, be careful in what you say and what you do. This is very important. And matter of fact, when it's talk about the walk, our walk, it's mentioned actually seven times in this epistle. So, Paul is serious about our walk, and so our walk is really our lifestyle. Our walk is everything we do in word or deed. It's live our life in such a way. So therefore, be careful in, in how you live your life. This is not as unwise, and the King James might say not as fools, but it means unwise, uh, but as wise. The way we do that is that we have been going through in the first about three chapters our position in Christ. And our position is a high position. It's not a low position. It's a high position in Christ. And it says that, you know, like one of the scriptures says, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's a high position. We are no longer our own. We are bought with a price for the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That, that, that's, a, that's a high position. And he said, I want you to walk like that. I want you to walk like you are wise to, to, to your position in Christ. You have to know who you are. You are the son or daughter of almighty God, the creator of all things. Walk like that. 
Live your life like that. Talk like that. Everything you do, everything you say, every place you go, I want you to realize that you are a son of Almighty God. You are representing the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the great I am. That's what he's saying here. And I don't want you to walk as an unwise man will walk. And an unwise man will walk just like a person who don't realize his high position and they condescend, they, they go down to a low position and walk like the heathen walk, like, walk like the ungodly walk, walk like we used to walk before we got saved. That's what it's saying. Don't walk like that. Walk like you understand and know who you are. Carry yourself in such a way that you are a prince or a princess because you are going to inherit the throne. Now, I don't know whether you know that or not, but if you are joint heirs with Christ Jesus, you are heirs of Almighty God. Our heir is the person who's going to take over in natural life. Is that correct? If a person is an heir, they're going to, they're going to inherit all that, they, that their parents own. And so God is telling me, hey, you're going to inherit. As a matter of fact, you are joint heirs with my son, Jesus Christ. I want you to walk like that. Be careful to walk like that. That's verse 15. Then it says, making the most of your time. Making the most of your time. Now, that's still the same thing. It's in the present imperative. It's telling us to, I want you to continue to make the most of your time. Now, King James might say redeeming the time. And when you redeem something, you buy back something. And so he's saying, I want you to, I want you to take every opportunity. I want you to buy up every opportunity because every single day we have opportunities. Every single day. To make a difference in somebody's life. Every single day we have a we, we, we can make a difference in our own life. Every single day, we can make a difference in the lives of people who are around us. Our family members, our relatives. This past Thanksgiving, we, we had an opportunity to make a difference in people's lives. Because normally, you, you would eat with somebody, uh, whatever you might eat at a restaurant. Uh, but somebody else was eating in that restaurant also. You have, you have an opportunity to make a difference. How are you going to make that difference in somebody's life? And, and so when, when I was on the past Thanksgiving, I was trying to determine, oh, God, what do you want me to do this Thanksgiving? You know, uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm the, the leader of this thing. And so do you want me to go around and, and help people to say thanks for something. What do you want me to do? Now, I do that Thanksgiving. I do that Christmas. I do that uh, most of the time. And, and, and so I was led again, I believe, to do nothing. When I say do nothing, we always pray. But, but to do nothing in, uh, because is it, it's expected for you to try to throw the Bible or to, to use this opportunity 
to make them feel bad because we're talking about who I invited over to, to, to our house uh, from out of town. But anyway, um, because they know, they know I'm a minister. They know I'm a pastor. They know that. And, and so I could make it a very religious uh, activity. And then let's eat. And everything will be, you know, you know how when you throw cold water on something, you know, you say, man, you know. <laughs> and they might not want to come again to my house because they man, you know, they, they take, a, take advantage and try to preach to us, you know. But if I live my life in such a way that they want to be around us, then that's what God's showing me was more important because you're gonna you're gonna after a while you're gonna you're gonna have a opportunity to speak into the life. But but they will want you to speak into the lives that time because see, for two years you haven't done that. You haven't done that. You just provide an atmosphere, a wholesome atmosphere except for over overeating, a wholesome a- a- atmosphere where, uh, yes, you pray. It's expected to pray, uh, but, it's, but it's no heavy religious stuff, you know. It's just normal enjoyment. And so uh, they said, after this time, they said, man, we're coming next year. Well, we enjoy coming down here, up, down, down, down here. Well, we enjoy it. And then... One of one of our relatives said that uh, my son asked me uh, to to uh, uh, hey can we go to to uh, uh, uncle and 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 uh, Aunt Minerva's house again this year? Now this is a young person in college. Want to be around Aunt and Uncle Minerva's house, where you know we got other people, but nobody their age. And they want to be there because they have so much fun, wholesome fun, earning the right to speak into their lives. You see? So, okay. People want to be around Jesus. You know that? They want to be around Jesus. And, and I want people to want to be around us. Want to be around us. We have fun. It's going to be Fun in heaven. It is. And like one of my coach's friends said years, years ago, uh, about 30 years ago, man, we're going to have fun in hell. We're going to be partying. You're not going to have fun. you got to be up there in heaven, you know, where everything is. What? They're crazy. They're crazy. Just the opposite. Just the opposite. But see, they, they don't know the Bible. They don't know that. But... It is fun. Jesus said, uh, you know, a uh, merry heart does good like medicine. Medicine, yeah. Well, well, I'm telling you, make the most of your time, and, and you'll see as we go along today what God is saying. Then it says that because, verse 16, because the days are evil. And, and it says uh, Galatians 1 I think four says something to the effect that, you know, God, God, Jesus Christ, he gave himself 
up for our sins that we may be delivered from this present evil world age. You see, and so, so God is saying that this, 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 this age is evil. And it says here, that's in Galatians, it says here that the days are evil. If he says the days are evil, he repeats that the days are evil. That means the days are what? Evil. They're evil. They're evil. We have to make the most of our opportunities our time because the days are evil. How long do we have before this thing is closed up, ended, and, and, and he comes in a cloud, and we are caught up with him? How long do we have? thousand years? How long? Well, one day is a thousand. Thousands of one day. No one knows, do we? We know, though, there's going to be everything that's happening now going to be happening then. There's going to be marriage, giving of marriage. There's going to be uh, fun. There's going to be Thanksgiving. There's going to be some of everything going to be going on, and all of a sudden, it's going to close up. And it's going to be a new day. Now, suppose we are not living during that time. Is the, is the day still evil? It's still evil. How long do you have to live? The youngest person in here is probably around 13 in here. Is that right? They know how old are you? Okay, the youngest person is 12. I thought you were 13, girl. The youngest person is 12. How long, what's the average they say, the average lifespan? How many people actually live to be 120? Not many. How many live to be 100? Not many. Not many. They said the people who reach 65, they have approximately, this from the Social Security, as they said, they, they, their average lifespan is probably about, you know, 80-something for men, 90-something for men, women. You know, um, so at the, at the most, you think the youngest person got about 90 years. And that's it. That's if you're 12. There's not but one of you in here 12, so don't even think you got... 90 years. <laughs> you don't have no 90 years. So we have to make use of our time because even if he doesn't come back in our lifetime, in which people think he will, if he doesn't, we won't be here. We won't be here. And so if we're not here, that means that what we have done on this earth that's going to go to our account one way or the other. Everything that's, that's said and done in this body will be, uh, going to, we're going to have to give account for. So we're going to have to make use of our time here on this earth. We're going to have to live a holy, holy walk, right? A separate walk. Because it said, be holy as I am holy, says the Lord. So, so we have to be holy. We're going to have to make use of our time. We have to try to 
I got to try to work this flesh, you know, uh, to in shape. We got to get this flesh in shape. We got to get this mind renewed. We got to do all these things. We got to make the most of our time because we don't have long. We don't have long. And people who thought they're going to live to be 90 something, they died earlier. Some people. Some of the people that I used to coach in high school, in junior high school, are dead and gone. Do you know that, Lord? There are people to, who, who we knew back then, they're, they're gone. They're gone. Younger than we are, they're gone. We got to make the use, make the most of our time. Then it says, so then, do not, and that means I want you to stop being foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And understand, in order to understand what the will of the Lord is, we're going to have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Would you say yes to that? We've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is going to tell us what, 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 what the will of the Lord is for that day. That day. We, we can't just make up our mind. We're going to do this right here. We're going to do this. No, no. You're going to do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. That's what we should do anyway. Verse 18. This is important. Do not get drunk with wine. Why is he saying that? Don't he know he's talking to the church? Don't get drunk with wine, which is dissipation or excess. But he gives us something else to do, but be filled with the Spirit. Well, that's good, isn't it? So evidently, some of the saints in Ephesus were doing what they used to do when they were in the world. They were drinking too much. Do you know that wine can intoxicate you? Do you know that beer can intoxicate you? And so somebody said, well, I don't drink beer. I just drink wine because the Bible says it's okay to drink wine. Come on. When I was teaching in health, it's, uh, I don't care if you have one shot, X number of beers, X amount of wine is the same thing. I call it contact. Don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. <coughs> now let's let's look at this one. What's the similarities, which is the title of the message, between being filled with alcohol and being filled with the spirit? What's the similarities? Are they similar at all? Have any similarities? Well, in both cases, they have something inside of them that's affecting them. Is that correct? If you have alcohol, if your content of the alcohol content is so uh, high inside of you, it's going to affect you. If the Spirit of the Lord is is filling you, 
that's going to affect you also. So both are affected by something from within. Also, it affects the, the behavior, doesn't it? It affects their behavior. I've seen people who, who get intoxicated uh, because I was in a fraternity in college and um, people got intoxicated in, in college. I mean, football players, because I was on the football team too. People get, just get weird. They do things that that they normally wouldn't do. Some of you are from backgrounds where there's alcohol in your family, meaning not just having a little wine, you know, a dinner or something like that. I'm talking about getting intoxicated. I know I was, my, I was from a background like that because my uncle used to do that. And my next-door neighbor, his um, uncle used to do that. And invariably, on the weekends, uh, they weren't drinking wine, uh, but they were drinking homebrew, you know, the, you know, the brown-looking stuff, you know, cloudy. I don't know how in the world they drink that stuff. But anyway, and they would get intoxicated, and my, I was over my next-door neighbor's house, and you hear something in the next room. It, it, they had this shotgun. Uh, it was a a duplex, and you have the living room, the middle room, the kitchen, and you, the bathroom was out there on the, off the porch. That's, that's how I lived too, in the house I lived too. It was a duplex, but it was a duplex next door. And you hear something in the middle room, boom, 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 boom. And my person I went was visiting, he was in high school, um, and I told you about him before, but anyway, he, he said, hey, Will go home? And I said, okay. I mean, yeah. And he went in the room, and I heard, I heard boom, boom, boom. I said, wow. And I ran. I ran home. And I said, man, this is this. What's happening? What's going on in that middle room? That week on Monday, you know, everybody's supposed to get sober for Monday. That week I saw this man, his arm was in a sling. And my friend, he had gotten tired and when I was getting out of the door. I hear him say, I told you, you touch her one more time. And he just broke his arm. Just broke his arm. Okay. And people beat their wives. These men usually beat their wives when they get, they get intoxicated. All this stuff goes on. Beat the children. All these things goes on. It affects your behavior. But also being filled with the Spirit does. Now, now affects your behavior also. I'm going to teach on this in 2018 because I'm working on all my messages for 2018, and that's one of them. Uh, is is why do we need to be filled with the Spirit? Why do we need to be? And, and it's not. And how do you be spirit? It's not here. But and I'm not going to touch that today. But I'm letting you know what, what's coming because. I can't do this justice today. But it says some things here. 
Now, we saw the similarities, we know some similarities. What are some of the opposite things? Oh, it, one of them is that, one of the most opposite things is that if you're filled with alcohol, you lose control. You lose control. Sometimes a person who's quiet, you get them high, and they just as talkative. They just as is flight of mind. Man, man, can't stop them from talking. You know they're not violent or anything. They just they just happy go lucky. You know they all in their life of the party because they're drunk. And then some people just opposite. Now, alcohol is not a stimulant, as some people think it is. It's a depressant. So it depresses your inhibitions, and you start doing things you wouldn't normally do. Well, being filled with the Spirit is just the opposite. You don't lose control because the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Temperance, is it right? In Galatians 5, come on, self-control. I don't know why people want to be filled with wine rather than filled with the Spirit. Here are four things that are a result of being filled with the Spirit that he gives us here. Verse 19. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Whoa. Whoa. Let's think about that now. Think about that. I'm trying to think, when do I do that? When do you speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs? I don't remember anybody speaking to me and coming to me and say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be. He making me to lie down and do y'all do you remember anybody, anybody coming to you and just start speaking to you in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs? Think about that now. If they do, they are probably drunk with the spirit. Right? The spirit. Intoxicated the spirit of God. Then it says also that um, it says singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, now both of this speaking to one another and singing and making melody in your heart, that's in the present also. So it means that you're continually doing that. When you feel, you're continually doing that. It's like if you're drunk with wine, you're continually acting out of character. If you feel wine, if you're drunk, you, then come on. If you're drunk, you've seen a drunk person, you know, they can't walk straight, they can't talk right, you know, they slur, they, you know, they just, they just all different. 
We're saying here, if you're filled with the Spirit, you're all different. You're speaking to one another in Psalms in here. You can't stop them from speaking to one another. They keep doing that. They keep singing and making melody in their heart to the Lord. And it says, number three, that's two. Number three, it says there in verse 20, they are always giving thanks for, come on, all things. And another, one of the other verses said, you know, give thanks to the Lord in all things. I mean, you know, but it says for all things. And you know you're going to have to be out of character to give thanks for all things. Right? I can give thanks in all things, you know, but not for all things. What am I give thanks for something that bad happened? Give thanks for that. But if you're out of character, you give thanks for all things. Because you know that all things work together for good for those who are who love God and call according to his purpose. Right? If all things are going to work together for good, even a tornado, even a hurricane, even a flood, even an earthquake, it says give thanks for all things. Some people, I guarantee you, gave their life to Jesus Christ during these catastrophes. It's happened all over the world. God didn't do it. He, he didn't cause these things to happen. It's just that he used all these things. Right? The enemy, we got an enemy. We usually give thanks for Thanksgiving. We don't give thanks. Except for Thanksgiving. Or if something good happens. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Woo! We, we're good at that. One of the commercials. Yeah. Well, you know something's wrong when they give thanks for pouring coffee on themselves. And you had this lady pouring coffee and say, Woo! You said, What? My goodness gracious. Give thanks. And it says, verse 21, 4, is, and be subject to one another in the fear of God. Be subject to one another. You're going to have to have some humility to be subject to one another. Because, see, we miss it, don't we? Sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we're wrong. And um, God, since we are a body, God gives different ones different things. And you, you know, you say, well, they say, hey, I got this, I got this great thing. I think, I think, I think it's from the Lord. You can judge this is this is what it says. And you say, oh yeah, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. Be subject to one another. So how I want to end the service today is different. I uh, haven't ended this way in a, in a while. And you say, well. Is that from God? Let's have the worship team come up. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. 
We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.